Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Malika Omar and you are listening to AccidentalMuslims.com. Assalamu alaikum listeners, welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com and another special guest, Marika, welcome. Shukran, thank you for having me. Zaheer, welcome back. Salil, Malika, yeah, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for accepting our invitation. Thank you for inviting um, me, I appreciate uh, yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get some value bombs. So the first question, who is Marika Omar? Well, I was born in Cape Town. I had this dream of being a like a concert pianist when I was about three because I was always a very imaginative kid. So I would um, have this vision of me playing on a stage. And um, then I started taking up uh, music professionally um, after school. And then I moved to... Uh, in the interim, I moved between Cape Town and Johannesburg, and then from Johannesburg to Dubai, and now I'm back home, where it all started. So you always know you're going to be a pianist? I almost feel like I, I always knew that I was going to be a pianist, but I had to take different paths to get back on, on that path that was going to lead me to be there. I, I tried another creative outlet. I tried fashion. Um... It wasn't really for me. I still enjoy fashion. And in fact, um, the two industries kind of are interlinked because, you know, it's, it's, uh, to perform is very image driven and so on. And, um, so there is a bit of a link. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it was always in my destiny to be, to be a musician. I mean, I feel like I, I kind of set that idea out into the universe at all court and kind of just made sure that that I reached my goal um, by all means. So I'm really grateful for that. Alhamdulillah. So, tell us about the conversation you had with your parents when you said, Mom, I'm not going to go to university or I'm not going to study or do you study to become a musician? No, no, of course. Um, I mean, I did... I did various examinations via the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music, Trinity College of Music, um, uh, both practical and theoretical exams. Um, and it's, I mean, it requires a lot of discipline because you must understand that in music, especially in classical music training, it's all about perfection. So you really need to make sure you hit all those notes, um, even in terms of the, the amount of emotion that you give. I mean, yes, it's very much yours, but... Um, it's somewhat measured in an exam environment, so I mean it required a lot of a lot many many hours of of practicing and and just dedication and um, and I'm also glad that I did it because I found that as a young girl I mean I started when I was nine um, growing up it just made me more confident like I remember how scared I was to play I think it was like caterpillar crawl or something. Um, at my first recital and now I still feel the butterflies but it just it it's not it's not it's, it's a different kind of uh, I wouldn't say anxiety I mean I don't want to put a, a, a negative spin on it but almost like a keep a nervousness that keeps you on your toes so makes sure that you are giving the best 
and I would encourage you know other parents to to listen to their kids and to also understand why they want to do why they want to follow through with certain things for me why I wanted to do music wasn't to get fame or for the money I just felt like I wanted to share something with people and I knew that I knew how music made me feel so I wanted to do that for someone else I mean I was never interested in medicine or any of any of those sort of things and so I just felt like that was sort of my calling and why I needed to do music. How would you describe yourself in three words? Never not eating. No, okay. uh, seriously. Uh, I'm ambitious. I am studious. I mean, in terms of, when I say studious, I'm, I'm not really one that keeps one's head, my head in the books, but I, I'm always willing to learn things. Um, and hardworking. Those three things are what make me sort of fundamentally me. Yeah. I think what you said earlier about having to hit the notes or every note mm. perfection, you have to be a hardworking person to yeah, succeed no, in this industry. Yeah, no, you have to. You have to, yeah. Piano or art uh, creatives is not the usual sort of uh, vocation that many young people get exposed to. Uh, you indicated three years old when you started falling in love with piano, if I heard correctly, mm. and nine years old you took it up uh, more seriously? Or how does That's it work from the, uh, So in case someone is listening out there, a youngster, and yeah. at what age can you actually start? Well, or should you pick it up? Well, I teach, right? So oh, okay. I've, I've got this... One of the reasons why I moved back to... In fact, the main reason why I moved back to Cape Town is I felt like I wanted to share my love... Uh, with other people and so I wanted to leave a legacy and the way in which I could do that is by teaching and imparting a little bit of um, my passion and hopefully um, ignite a little maestro you know uh, in in a child or even an adult because I teach both kids okay. and adults. So tell us about the teaching, where are you teaching? And, and, and so I teach from I teach from Claremont, I've started my little school, um, we're still in the budding stages but I'm very proud What's of the name my... Of the school? Is Malika it? Maestro Music. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. And how many students are there? I have, um, I have, they, so they range from like um, five, six-year-olds to adults um, who, you know, work in corporate. And, and I just love it because even if you have two or three or four or five young school-going kids, they're still all different. You know, they, they, um, they like different things. Sometimes I find some of them are more confident, some of them are a little bit more shy. And I, I have a very individual approach to each student. So where, where one little girl will come in and be like really shy, I'll try and use the lesson to, or the lessons to just encourage her to be, to come out of her shell. Um, if someone in corporate is coming to me with like a highly stressed job, um, you know, just reminding them that this is your time. Think of this as like 45 minutes of meditation. You know, you're learning something. It's about you. I want you, I want you to connect to this almost intangible, but yet tangible thing. And this is yours. This is, this is something that you can take with you, um, you know, outside of the, the lesson room. So how much does a piano cost? Like big ones. Like that one the, <laughs> uh, oh, the the grands. I think the grands are really expensive. 
Inshallah, one day. I'm waiting for somebody to gift me one because I'm not going to buy one. Yeah, so like, like hundreds of thousands. I've played on a 1.4 million dirham one in, in the UAE. Um, it's, yeah, it's an, it was a, a new Steinway, which is, Steinway is like the Rolls Royce of, <laughs> of piano brands. And, um, and that was a, that was a beautiful piano. And, um, Dubai was amazing. I mean, I'm just thinking now all the opportunities that I've had there. I mean, I've played for royalty. I've played for, you know, members of state and, and it's what I always maintained is that, you know, my music, if my music made you feel good, that, I mean, my job is done. It was never about the money or the, the glam, although the glam is fun. I mean, I'm a girl, um, but it, it, it's that sense of like, ah, oh, someone's coming over me, to me to say that, you know what, I had a bad day. And the song that you played reminded me of something. And I just love the way you played. It made me feel so good. I mean, that, to go away with that, that is amazing. That makes me feel really good. And that makes me feel like, okay, I'm doing what I'm meant to do. How's the life between Dubai and Johannesburg and Dubai is very similar. They're both very fast cities, um, very progressive and um, very cosmopolitan. Um, I, miss, I miss a lot of things in Dubai, like um, the meeting people from different parts of the world. I mean, I remember once I taught a little boy from Tajikistan. I'd never even heard of that country before. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and I developed some amazing friendships there that I believe will last a lifetime, you know, from people that are from different parts of the world. So I'm really grateful to Dubai for that. And obviously, I'm grateful to Dubai for the amazing work opportunities that I've been given. And um, I mean, being in the Middle East as well, you you are so close to other parts of the world. You can travel and it's, you know, it's much easier than taking like, Hundred connecting flights from Cape Town, um, so I, I'm I'm really I'm really grateful for 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 my time over there. I just felt it was time to come home and and to just leave my roots here. Yeah. So how long are you away from Cape Town? You were in Joburg, were in Dubai. How long? Ah, uh, what like sixteen years? Sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Must have yeah. been scary when you left initially, or yeah, it was very scary. Exciting. It was very scary. I think I was more. Um, I think that it was also because I left very young, like I was halfway between, halfway through grade 11. And, um, you know, you're on the cusp of matric and, and then you're going to, you're thinking about what you're going to do after school. And so it was quite daunting. Um, I mean, I'm really, I'm really, alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm very happy that um, family unit, we, we've, we've always supported each other and, um, being away from the community for the first time. I mean, we come from a very close family, extended family. Um, it was, it was good to be with each other. I mean, we we relied on each other, and that was that made the move a lot easier. Yeah. What what one lesson prior to grade eleven, whether it's your parents, your sisters, or mm. family friends, what one life lesson prior to grade eleven kept you going in those sixteen years? Yeah, in Cape Town. When you went, yes, in Cape Town that you took with you. Oh, you mean when I left? Yeah. Um, 
before all the glitz and the glam and playing for royalty? I think it's it was always to remember that Allah has created you, God has created you, as He has created everyone as individuals, and we're all unique. And just keeping that and bearing that in mind, it just makes you relate to people in a very human way. Like respect everyone, regardless of their skin color, uh, what they believe in, um, what their gender is, you know. Um, and I mean, it was. It would have been really. I think it, it would have been really hard for me uh, to have gone into an industry like this and to have had the opportunities that I've had um, without this this belief because I don't think I would have had my head on my shoulders, you know. I think my head would have been quite high up oh, in the well. clouds. But I'm also lucky that I'm, I have my family and friends make sure that I keep myself oh, grounded, okay. you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, that sort of reminder has always kept me... Um, sort of kept me going from the, the, the reason why I ask is because when you talk to people that taste a bit of success mm. uh, they often forget um, the things that made them successful mm. and, and the people huh? and the people that yeah. made them successful because you're not uh, a lone ranger in this yeah, world no, so no, to speak of course not. Um, and that's the reason why I asked that question I asked it a couple of, to, to a couple of our guests as yeah, well yeah. Uh, and, and I think if people are listening to it can take the answer and, and just you know what I want to be successful, but I need to remember my grounding, yes, my yes. my training, so to speak. Yes, yes. But talking about success, um, I mean, you played for kings, royalty, mm. uh, heads of state. Mm. You can get carried away with success. So, what would you say is your definition of success? Well, my definition of success is just if you have a goal, and your goal is. Something that, I mean, something that you really think about. Uh, for me, my goal was, as I mentioned earlier, that my music must have an influence in someone's life. Okay, I, like I said, I'm not a doctor. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, um, a nuclear scientist or, um, or, you know, in government. Um, so I may not be able to influence someone on on uh, on that sort of level but i feel like on on a human soul level um my work can be very healing um i don't claim to be the absolute best i'm always willing to learn but i feel like what i have learned and what i have achieved and 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 things that i've experienced and the passion that i have um i mean i'd like to impart that also on, and and that's what i do through my teaching as well she mentioned success. I know you, you won an award. Um, some, is it Maserati? Oh, Maserati. yeah. So that was... That. Yeah. I thought it was a real Maserati. No. <laughs> Everyone wishes that. <laughs> um, so it wasn't an award, actually. Uh, I was approached... I got an email one day to say that they, uh, there are two Italian brands that would like to, um, you know, uh, select you as part of a uh, part of a, a, a very unique project and I said and they asked you know do you accept and I was like yeah sure I, I didn't need to know I just thought you know a nice uh, nice sort of um, recognition of my work and then um, subsequently um, I I got a very interesting visit at the door actually I didn't I think my mom my mom answered the door and it was this young lady with um, with a young man in a suit, and they presented this 
this box uh, with the Maserati logo and, um, you know, a written letter from the CEO or something to say that I'd been selected as, as one of 100 craftsmen from around the world mm-hmm. for my work um, in celebration of the, the one of 100, the, I think it's the Quattro Porte Xenia, the, the, it's a, a unique elite line of uh, sedans. Okay. So um, I think there's only 100 of them in the world. So That's this cool. was, so, so we were shot for a coffee table book, mm. myself and a few other um, artists. Um, or rather not even artists I think I was the only I, wanted, I think I was the only musician actually if I'm not mistaken um, from so it was 25 of us from Dubai 25 in Milan 25 in Shanghai and 25 in New York and uh, we were shot by a fashion photographer called Fabrizio Ferri and um, yeah so I actually have the, the, the coffee table book at home it's a very mm. it's a very special it's a very special thing for me because it's like, you know, that there are people that are looking at my work and, and, and you know, they, seem, they see it fit to be, you know, very world class and, and I appreciated that. Yeah. I just want to go back to when you just arrived in Dubai. Mm. How long did it take you for you to like settle in? And did you ever suffer from, you know, they, they call it imposter syndrome, like to actually belong here? Where in, in when I when yeah, I yeah, moved to Dubai, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it took a while for me to find my feet. Mm-hmm. But what makes it easier is that Dubai is filled with expats, mm-hmm. so everyone's going through the same things that you're going through. So I think bearing that in mind, it actually makes things easier because if you speak to somebody, they're like, oh, you know, also, you know, I've been here now for five years, and don't worry, it gets easier. And and what I did is because. I knew what I wanted to do with my work. Um, I used that as my sole focus and everything kind of fell into place after that. You know, I met lots of friends and kind of just found my way there. How long does it take for you to learn a song? Uh, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. About so 15 minutes. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. So because good. I, because I, um, I'll learn the melody mm. and then I'll just, I'll, Sort of make the make the accompaniment, yeah. And I play everything in my my own style, my sort of fusion style. So, and I'm a lay person when it comes to pianos. Even though my sister had a piano growing up, I used to play with it. And on the side, it was a soft sound. On the other end, it was a louder sound. So, what's the difference? No, it's actually the so. So the left the left side of the piano um, is the low part okay. of the piano, and the high part of the piano is on the right. And the black. Black keys? What's that for? Black and white keys. It's just, yeah, it's a piano is made up of, uh, you need to come, you know what, you need to come for lessons (laughs) and then I can teach you. (laughs) That that, that piano is standing dormant at my mom's house. (laughs) See, Um, there's an opportunity has arrived. So the black thing hasn't got any use? No, no, of course. Of course you use it, yeah. I mean, what is it? But it's it's hard to explain. Basically, Uh, basically to create music on the the keyboard, um, you you have to utilize the white keys and the black keys. The black keys are arranged in groups of two and three. Um, but I mean, it's the learning process is is, okay. is sort so of very organic and, and gradual. So that's the other thing I find that when people, adults, not so much kids, but when adults come in when they want to learn when they want to learn the piano, they want to play like mm. Chopin, like mm. by next week. And I'm like, 
but enjoy the journey you know enjoy this time that you are that you are actually committing to yourself and just enjoy this this learning process yeah. do you have any mentors um i don't really have mentors but i have people that i that sort of inspire me or or sort of Informate. advise me uh, um i think sort of i mean if i look at public figures like yeah. being in the middle east uh, princess amira al tawil i mean she's done a lot for um women's rights i mean she's a saudi saudi princess she was married i think to walid bin talal uh queen rania obviously back home i mean uh i can't not say nelson mandela i mean i know it sounds cliche but just his ability to to be compassionate to be stick to his guns and stay true to what he believed in and that it would get us to you know where we are today in a free south africa um i really admire that and i may not be able to apply it obviously to that level but um in small ways in my life and and in my work so you may have answered this already do you think your music brings you closer to islam spiritually i will say one thing music is my heartbeat and islam is my soul i can't breathe without a heartbeat and i can't live without my soul and i will leave it at that cool. so talking about islam let's talk about the quran yeah do you have like a favorite quranic story or verse so um you know the way in which the way in which the world has been going you know with a lot of racism happening um you know the black lives matter movement uh, just some of the stuff that's also happening locally um i was thinking about that and one of the verses that i just connected with is from i think it's surah al imran hold firmly to the rope of allah altogether and do not become divided and that um because i saw i saw an image a while back of hold on to the rope of allah and i connected with that for 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 another reason but when i examined it a bit further i just found that it, it just makes a lot of sense the way to me the way the world is going right now it's something that people need to just be reminded of yeah all of us a lot of youngsters out there what would you message be to i find the youth of today to be really fascinating to me because i find that they are a lot more advanced they seem a lot smarter than what we were when we were when we were younger um you know they are a lot more tech savvy and just in terms of like standing up for what's right they are a lot more vocal and um and i i really admire that i mean but what does concern me is there is a massive focus on image and while that may sound like a contradiction con- considering the kind of work that i do i've always maintained that you know the the selfies or whatever it's it's not it's not important it's just an aspect of my work um it's fun but it's not i don't measure myself on how i look and especially young women i mean i would like to encourage young women to to just focus more on your on your inner beauty i mean that will how you look on the outside doesn't matter it's going to change you know the older you get that's going to change um enjoy enjoy your life you know just be be true to yourself but also remember that there are far more important things out there you know um 
education and I don't even mean like fancy degrees although that's great I mean like educate yourself about anything someone uh, uh, someone on the street may be doing something that that you've never heard of before find out what that is you know um, also I think it's important for youngsters to believe in something that's bigger than them in fact not just youngsters adults as well I've come across a few adults that are I think maybe too intellectual to believe that there is I mean I, I this is just my opinion um, a little perhaps a little too intellectual to believe that there is someone or a being that is more powerful than they are and I think it's really important to to believe that there is something out there that's bigger than you are it keeps you humble it keeps you grounded and um, yeah those are just the things that I that I think that are really important for the youth to just think about and obviously to be ambitious to work mm. hard to have a strong work ethic um, you know don't cut corners don't I mean you know don't do something that's gonna go against your morals and values um, you know question yourself before you do something question if this is gonna you know if I'm gonna overstep this boundary what are the consequences gonna be you know as Muslims we're really lucky that we have that we have set rules because when we when we have to make a decision or something is presented to us uh, we have to actually question okay okay this doesn't feel right so if this doesn't feel right that probably means that you know God is saying mm -hmm, you know let's not take this path but yet you're given a choice so Allah always gives you a choice, you know, and it's up to you to make that decision. Your albums or songs, mm. you donate like 60% to Palestine. Yeah, so that was an interesting project. So I had heard about the Palestine Children's Relief Fund via a friend of mine who was uh, my producer at the time. His name is Josh. And um, he told me about what, what the PCRF does. And what they do is they... Children in 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 the, I think specifically uh, Palestine, but also in other parts like Lebanon and so on, if they can't have if they have no access to good medical care, healthcare, then they will take them out and and provide them with healthcare else, elsewhere. Otherwise, they will get doctors to go in and perform surgeries or um, you know evaluate them and. Uh, give them treatment and I just felt like I wanted to do something I wasn't in a position to donate a massive amount um, so I thought the best thing that I could do is use my ability which is you know music composing music uh, to raise awareness for their cause and I love the organization it's very transparent in fact they've been they've been awarded like five stars for their transparency in terms of where the money is going they're very um they're very informative about, you know, this is what's happening with this child. Um, you know, you know, a month ago we told you about this child that went in for surgery. This is how she's doing now, and um, and I just I don't know I just connected to them and and so I wrote for the first time I actually wrote a song um, in terms of like lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I sang for the first time. That won't happen again. <laughs> that won't happen again because I don't think I I can sing. But I prefer I prefer just to play. I think I think for me um, to just nurture the thing that I'm good at, or hamlat. I think that I'm I'm, I'm quite good at is uh, probably better. But um, at least with the song New Hope, it 
um, it was from it was from the heart, you know, and it's about somebody saying to someone that I'm here for you, you know, even even when things go wrong and things are tough, I'm I'm here for you. So that was the premise of New Hope. Yeah, I'm this philosopher that everybody can sing. Just some of us are good at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Mike is here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rick is here. Uh, the first, the opening line of no, New Hope, no, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Malika, what are you grateful for most today as we're sitting here? Today, I'm grateful for... Um, I'm grateful for everything that's led me up to this moment. Everything. Like the great stuff, the not-so-great stuff, the times where I've made mistakes... Um, the times where other people have maybe hurt me or whatever doesn't none of it matters if you know in the long run you live your life everything leads you up to this moment and as long as you are steadfast in your faith um, I'm, I mean what else do you need I'm going to take one point quickly you said you're grateful for your mistakes yeah what's your favorite mistakes and why? We spoke earlier about you said you know the, the youth today, like tech savvy, yeah, 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 yeah. image driven, yeah, and all yeah. That. Why is it that I get the impression that a lot of youth out there don't like to make mistakes, or they feel it's a, a burden on it? It's because I feel like they have this because all, you know image is about perfection, showing perfection, and I think to make a mistake actually shows that you are, are imperfect. And I think a lot of people, I mean, we, I have my perfectionist ways as well. Uh, but I've learned over time, I think the older you get, um, you kind of are forced to, <laughs> to look at your, your shortcomings or the things that you do, the mistakes that you make. And, 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 and when you do, you realize, actually, this made me a better person or made me a little bit, it made me grow a bit, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I also feel like a lot of that comes from the home. So as parents, I mean, my sisters and I are very lucky, alhamdulillah, that we have had parents that have encouraged us to be true to ourselves. And when we make a mistake, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, don't, uh, don't uh, cover up for your child's mistakes either. Um, you can support them. Um, but they must take responsibility. And that also, in that, is also growth. Definitely. I agree with that. Uh, one of my mentors actually taught me that uh, no no misfortune is a misfortune. You should be fortunate for that misfortune. Exactly. exactly. For the lessons that you can learn. Exactly. And I've kept that lesson with me all these years. Yeah. It's something that I, I try to inculcate in my life. Yeah. Sometimes I'm successful or not, but uh, thanks for the reminder. Yeah. So, okay. my last question, our last question. Khalil's favorite question. Oh, yeah. God. Today's the last day. Oh, God. And you only have enough energy to say one or two words or sentences. Okay. What would you say? What would you tell your loved ones? Okay, so... I believe that... Obviously, I would say my kalima. But I believe that anything else should be between you and your creator. What I would like to impart um, as my last words is always be true to yourself. 
Um, I know this is a lot if I'm like struggling for breath. <laughs> But always be true to yourself and seek knowledge. Because we are here to... There's humility in, in seeking knowledge. Um, you know, so seek knowledge. We are never... We are, we're here to learn. And, and as the Prophet ﷺ said, seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. No, I just wanted to say shukran for having me and um, I wish you guys all the best in your future endeavors, inshallah. Sure. Inshallah. Okay, so I'm going to do something unusual now. Um, my sister is here. So, <laughs> you heard everything she said. Is it the truth? <laughs> It's fine. I paid her before she came. It's oh, fine. Okay, okay, okay. Marika, okay. shukran for accepting our invite, like I said in the beginning. And uh, yeah, continue. Continue what you're doing. Shukran and, uh, so much and, for the support. And, yeah. and Thanks yeah, for sharing. Yeah, shukran. Sharing. And good on you guys for doing what you do, you know. Um, you know, you what you're doing is really cool. It's 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 bridging boundaries and making people think. And that's cool. Shukran. Thanks. Assalamu alaikum. So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.